Morning, church. Hope you are having a fab weekend. Great to see you. If you don't know me, my name's Gareth, part of the team here. Great to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us on this weekend. We've just had a a great weekend just arising on the back of the Global Leadership Summit, um, which we uh, had the privilege of hosting here over 100 leaders, listening to some excellent uh, leadership wisdom um, that I personally took so much from, so hopefully that might mean you might get a better leader out of me. Um, Praise the Lord, because it's needed. It's funny. Um, I don't. I think more than any message, I, this week has just felt like a little bit of an assault. Um, so I'd, I'd ask you to pray if that's all right. All kinds of weird things happening this morning, from printers not working to USB sticks not working to headaches and all kinds of things. But if you've got a Bible. Turn to Matthew's Gospel. I'm going to do something slightly different. Um, it is actually International Bible Day today, apparently, um, because it's International Bible Week. Um, if you've got a Bible, turn it on. Um, you're going to, we're going to be swiping through. It's going to be a little bit different this morning, a bit, bit less teachy, perhaps, more of a kind of theological narrative on the life of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel. And so paper ones are so, so good. Um, yeah, thank you, Josie. Um, so we're going to be kind of flicking through different pages. I'll try and kind of keep up um, with where we are and try and um, kind of keep us all on track if that's um, okay. The context of what I felt God wanted to speak to us in this vision series, All In, and particularly this theme, um, this, this point for us this morning of All In for the world, is to sort of ask the question, um, how are we to be All In for the world? That's the question I want to try and answer this morning. How might we be all in um, for the world? This, um, this month, we're heading towards Christmas. Um, you would be, um, you would be you know, pretty ignorant if you haven't seen all the, um, the displays that are around on Christmas. Um, the high street have got all the lights out. John Lewis is it's very, very Christmassy in there, and um, you I don't know if you've seen the Lint Christmas displays in Sainsbury's, and if you've missed all of that, then there's also the Christmas TV ads. Um, Sainsbury's one that's out that is this incredible kind of like children's nativity extravaganza. Anyone seen that? Oh, just one or two people. Okay, well worth watching, and really heart-moving. And then there's the one that's been banned. Iceland have been banned from television. Can you believe that? Well, apparently it's because of the political message that there is in Iran, Arantan, who's this orangutan who appears in this incredible little cartoon with this um, little girl character um, who's destroying this, this child's room and thinking, Arantan, why are you doing that? And then it gets into the story of the rainforest and how um, as an... As as human beings, we are destroying the rainforest, particularly for, um, for palm olive and f- in our moisturizers and shampoo. So that's been banned. But amazingly, um, the ban has actually helped, I think. Um, and I, all, all credit to Iceland, actually, for taking out products um, from their shelves that have got palm oil in them. And then there's the John Lewis one. Anyone seen the John Lewis one? Oh, oh. 10 million pounds spent using Elton John, um, and uh, Elton John apparently has received a six-figure fee for his appearance, telling, backtracking the story of Elton John's life, um, right going backwards in time to arrive at the, um, the point when his mother and grandmother gave him a piano, and the, the line comes up, 
Some gifts are more than just a gift. Some gifts are more than just a gift. Um, that also has a link on the John Lewis website to um, their cheapest piano, 875 pounds. <laughs> and also on the same page is the link to, John, uh, to Elton John's album, Diamonds, 1099. I know which one I will be buying. Neither. Well, we are heading towards Christmas. And I wonder how these TV ads and all the displays are affecting you and your thinking about gifts. So I have a question. What's the best gift you've ever received? What's the best gift? Bob's already got his hand up. What is it, Bob? Jesus. Well, I better sit down. <laughs> I wonder what is the best gift you've ever received? I think it was my snooker table, six by three snooker table, slightly, you know, maybe my scale trick would kind of compete against that. Second question, what's the best gift that you've ever given? Bob, don't put your hand up. <laughs> what's the best gift you've ever given someone? I think the best gift I've ever given one was to my darling wife. Um, when we were, we were going out before we, we got engaged. It was Valentine's, uh, our first Valentine's. We'd been going out seven months. And uh, I thought, I'm going to get Zoe exactly what she needs. What she needs. Mini iPad. Yeah, yeah. Some of you are thinking, you rookie, you bought what you wanted. Um, truth is, Zoe didn't really realize it at the time that she needed it. Often that is the case, I think, when people receive gifts, that you don't realize that you need it. Our son Jacob now has probably the most expensive um, player of nursery rhymes and um, Peter Rabbit videos and Thomas and Friends. Darling, some gifts are more than just a gift. <laughs> he knew exactly what we needed. Jesus walked the earth and he knew exactly what we needed. He came with a mandate from God to give us the best thing we needed. Himself. Himself. Don't know whoever, I, no idea who wrote this. I did try to find out, but I first heard it and when the Queen wrote, um, gave one of her Christmas speeches a few years ago. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a savior. The greatest gift that we can ever give someone is Jesus. It is the greatest gift we can give someone and we're going to have all kinds of different opportunities um, over, over the coming um, um, weeks leading into Christmas to invite people to Christmas carols, Christmas celebrations, Advent creates, um, Christmas parties, you know, in, in our homes, you know, mulled wine evenings, whatever it is. Jesus knew exactly what we needed. He knew that we were sheep without a shepherd surrounded by hundreds of people in a huge town and yet lost in the crowd because we need the way. 
on the surface, we've got it all together, and yet we all know that we are deeply broken and hurting on the inside. We're focused in our work, yet we've missed our divine destiny. We're rich in our possessions here in Cheltenham, but we're poor in spirit. Everything at our fingertips, and yet helpless to save ourselves. Fully alive, and yet completely dead in our sin and towards God. The best gift we can ever give someone is new life in Jesus. If you were here last Sunday evening, you will have heard some amazing stories of people who have just been baptized, people who have come to faith on Alpha. Um, I tweeted these this week, but on Thursday, we just had a... um, um, so we, we had a bit of feedback from the Alpha weekend. And um, this has actually been the smallest Alpha we've ever had at Trinity in my history here, which over, of over nine years, which, is, if I'm honest, has been a little bit disapp- disappointing. But every life matters. And it is amazing, the baptisms and the stories and the testimonies that we've heard. And um, after the Holy Spirit weekend, someone said on Thursday, I've been on a high all week. Someone else said, I've been praying for my friend for three years and she was baptized on Sunday. She's here, aren't you, Lynn? Are you both here? I didn't see you there. And Michelle said, I know you, I think it was Michelle. No, it was you, Lynn, wasn't it? I I know you won't mind me saying, but my circumstances have changed, but my heart, sorry, my circumstances haven't changed, but my heart and perspective have Isn't that amazing, the transformation that Jesus brings? The best gift we can ever give someone is new life in Jesus. I wonder who you know who doesn't know Jesus. I wonder who you know that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe it's a work colleague, maybe it's a brother, sister, parent, neighbor. Truth is that while there are statistics and there are statistics, 98% of the UK population has little or no connection with church or Jesus Christ. And in a town with a rough population of 118,000 people, 115,640 people don't yet know the life-transforming love of Jesus. 115,640, give or take. That means that with the exception of those of us that are gathered here and perhaps in some of the other churches here in Cheltenham, maybe your immediate family, that pretty much everyone that you and I meet this week is a potential follower of Jesus. Everyone we meet this week is likely to be a potential follower of Jesus. They just don't know it yet. Let's dig into Matthew 3 because I want us to look at the narrative of the life of Jesus and what we can learn about how we can be, how might we be all in for the world. So um, turn to Matthew 3 um, in your Bibles. At the end of Matthew, um, basically at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, we have all the Christmassy stuff. You know, all the genealogies of Jesus, the Magi come and visit, and there's, 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 there's all the, the pizzazz of, of Christmas. The Magi have just come and given his gifts. And then Jesus begins his public ministry. And at his bath, baptism in Matthew 3, a voice is spoken from heaven. This is my son, whom I love. With him, 
I am well pleased. God speaks and immediately speaks out the identity of Jesus, the Son of God, God's Son. Jesus' true identity is God's Son. I mean, people in our world, people in your workplaces might have all kinds of other views about who Jesus is, but as we read scripture, Jesus is God's son, and we know that. That's why we've been celebrating and worshiping in the way that we have. And it's so important for us to understand Jesus' true identity. And I want us to hold on to that theme and that thought of our identities, your identity, my identity, Jesus' identity. Here's why. Because Jesus' confirmation of his identity, his confidence in his identity, and his courage to step into his identity as the son was critical to him doing and saying what he did. Being empowered by the Spirit was also critical, but having that confirmation, that confidence, and the courage to step out in that identity was also true. How do I know that to be the case? Because immediately after, that's exactly what the enemy tries to rob him of in the wilderness, to rob Jesus of his identity. That's what the enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to rob you and I of our identity in Christ. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are as a follower of Jesus? See, if we're going to be all in for the world, we need to grasp who we are in Christ Jesus. In Christ is your true identity. And Jesus came to show us what that looked like as he lived and walked the earth in, the, in, in intimate relationship with the Father, empowered by the Spirit in the things that he said and he did. That's your identity, to be in Christ. And it's only when we, can, we, we, we begin to step into who we are in Christ that that will begin to flow out into the rest of the world. I truly believe that what this world needs in this Brexit chaos is a church who fully understand their identity in Christ Jesus. And it's really important. You know, Paul repeatedly tells, uh, tells us in the New Testament that we are to be in Christ. You know, he lives, him, him, he lives him himself this way. He says in Romans 5.17, but he boasts, he says, I glory... I glory in Christ. In fact, in his letters, he encourages, he encourages us to be in Christ, in him, speaking of Jesus, or in the Lord, 160 times. Why is that? Because the enemy tries to rob us of our identity in Christ time and time and time again, often by the things that bombard us, some of the, the stuff that we carry, you know, it's wonderful see, seeing Erica here, but Erica, I'm, 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 I'm sure you're going to agree with me, I think you are, please do agree with me, but so much, you know, Erica, who's one of the great saints of, of, this, of, of this church, I'm so sorry you're leaving us, 
And Trish, I'm so sorry you guys are moving on, but it's, the, the Lord's leading you on, which is fine. Um, but identity is so crucial, isn't it, to freedom. I, knowing who we are in Christ. And as the Father spoke over Jesus, so the Father speaks over us. You are my daughter whom I love. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And remember Jesus hadn't begun his public ministry at that point. Paul's perspective is really powerful, I think, when he says this in Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If we're a child of God, we're to be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. We're not bound up, but we're free in who we are in Christ so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, daughtership, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might also share in his glory. Important to recognize that being in Christ means that we do also share in his sufferings as we share in his glory. Paul said, I glory in Christ. He also knew the sufferings in Christ. Biblical adoption means to understand our full identity as a child of God in Christ. Do you know that you are a child of God in Christ? Do you know you're a child of God in Christ? If there is any hope for the world, it is a church who step out courageously confirmed in and with the courage to live out their identity, their divine destiny in Jesus Christ. Let's move on a little bit quicker. Don't worry, we're not doing the whole of Matthew's gospel. Jesus then, having battled the lies of the enemy in in Matthew 4, and by the way, they are all lies. They are lies. And that's all the enemy can use against us. His lies. His powerful, most powerful tactic is to lie to us that we might soak in his lies and believe them to be the truth. Jesus, now full of and empowered by the Spirit in Luke 4, um, we, t- we, we read that in verse 1, Jesus was full of the Spirit and out of the wilderness. Um, Luke tells us that Jesus went out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the dynamite, the dunami of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what, how Jesus lived his life, not full of the Spirit, but in the power of the Spirit. Is that true of us, church? And Jesus goes and carries out his kingdom mandate to proclaim and demonstrate that the King is here. What would it look like if the church went out into Cheltenham and said, the king is here? We read in Matthew 4, 23. Turn over the page if you need to. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed and... Jesus healed them. By this time, it's not surprising that crowds are following Jesus. Miracles have a tendency to do that. 
People gather when there's miracles. They grab people's attention and they point people to the king and the kingdom. You know, last week, um, Tim and Hills went to, um, our friend Robbie Dawkins was over in the UK, in, in London. He was doing a, a, a conference and um, loads of equipping as we've received here um, at Trinity over the years from our friend Robbie. And people went out onto their streets knowing who they were in Christ, exercising their divine mandate to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom of God. And guess what? Signs and wonders took place on the streets of Kilburn High Road. And people came to faith. Isn't that amazing? Signs and wonders. If we're to see this place overflowing with people, and that's my prayer, signs and wonders of the kingdom on the streets is a good place to start. You translate streets wherever that is. You see, Jesus' mandate is our mandate for the world to proclaim and demonstrate So having gathered a crowd, Jesus takes the opportunity as he does. He then sits down with them on the mountainside, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and he gives his kingdom manifesto. This is what life looks like to be a follower of God. This is what it looks like to be a Christian. And and there's there's this, it's like he's he's giving us the best guidance he can give on things like marriage, relationships, money, how we treat one another, how we communicate with God in prayer. It's definitely worth a sermon series at some time in the future. Matthew then tells us that when Jesus had finished teaching all of this, his kingdom manifesto, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. Authority. You see, with sonship comes authority. With Jesus' identity comes him stepping out and walking out and living in his divine authority. Biblical adoption, coming into the family of God, where we cry, Abba, Father, means that we carry his authority where we go. Do you realize that tomorrow morning, wherever you are, you have the authority of God with you? for his wisdom, for his revelation, to speak into situations, to pray for healing, and to to see people's lives transformed. Do we realize, church, that we not only carry his stamp, his identity, but we carry, carry his power and his authority? I wonder, are there things in your life that are robbing you of your divine identity and authority? I mean, that in itself is a whole teaching series. But the... If we're, if, we're, if, we're, if we're gonna be all in for the world, we have to know who we are in Christ and what he has given us, his authority. Let's keep going. Then Jesus, as he finishes his teaching, the crowds follow him and, begins to, and he begins to demonstrate um, what, it, what life is like, empowered by the Spirit, walking out his d- divine identity and authority. And we see healing after healing after healing in Matthew's gospel. And Matthew summarizes this section of Jesus' ministry in Matthew's, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter eight, where we see healing after healing after healing. And at the end of Matthew nine, Jesus, uh, Matthew summarizes it in verse 35, and he says this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Know anyone that's harassed and helpless in your life? 
sheep without a shepherd and know anyone that's lost. They said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers in the field. The harvest is plentiful. 115,640 people who are potential followers of Jesus in Cheltenham. You know, as our friend Carl Martin said, this, what we do, all of this, focus, worship, praise, teaching, ministry, is for that. For on the streets, in our workplaces, with our neighbors, next door. Jesus has given us his authority. When Jesus called his disciples to him, this is um, the beginning of Matthew 10. He gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every sickness and disease. And what is, of, what is true of the disciples is true of you and I. He gives us his authority. And then um, a little bit further down in verse five, these 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely have you received, freely give. That is our mission. That is our kingdom assignment. You know, the Christian faith, our faith, I think, begins with these words. Matthew 4, verse 19. Come, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Come, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. That was the beginning of the Christian faith. When Jesus called people to himself, and he sent them out. And our assignment is to come to Jesus, to be with him, to be like him, and then go and do what he says and does. Our assignment is to fish for people. The Archbishop of York, this year at General Synod, which is the Church of England's governing thing, um, they were gathered up in York, and in his presidential address, he said this, I was ordained to be a fisher of men. Churches want me to be a keeper of an aquarium. You know, given that generally across the UK, the church is in decline, particularly the, the part that we're a part, the Church of England, but praise the Lord, there are pockets of life and amazing things that are happening. You know, 19 resource churches have just been announced in central London where they're throwing funding in to, to, to church plant, and we've been designated a resource church here at Cheltenham. We've got a few little kind of little hurdles to get through, a few little challenges to, to get through before we start planting churches, but I wonder... I wonder if in the business of our life, with all the challenges of being a Christian together, being followers who are in Christ, carrying his authority, are we gripped by the fear of other people? Are we too scared to speak out for Jesus, thinking that we'll be removed from the WhatsApp group that fuels our social life, not included to the dinner invite, not get the next promotion, might we be the church in danger of fading into the fish tank of obscurity? C.S. Lewis said this, the church exists for nothing else 
but to draw people into Christ, to make them little Christ's. If they're not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. I wonder if we've lost our kingdom assignment. I wonder if you've lost your kingdom assignment. You know, as he tried to do with Jesus, is the enemy trying to rob you of your identity and your authority in Jesus Christ? You know, is the church, are we left on the edges? Are we marginalized, mocked for what we represent and believe? Are we exiled as religious fundamentalists whose views are considered archaic and lacking of any significance, relevance, or importance? Are we embarrassed for being a Christian? In the film, The Greatest Showman, tells the story of P.T. Barnum's circus of unique individuals. Some people considered them freaks. As Barnum rises to fame and aristocracy, he distances himself from his circus troupe, those that helped him be all that he was. And in a precious moment, the circus rise up to walk confidently in their identity. And as we've been reflecting on being all in for the world, recognizing, I hope, that the best gift that we can give the world is Jesus. What would it look like if the church stepped into our full, the fullness of our authority and identity in Christ? As you watch this, what might the Holy Spirit say to you? When the word's cut, I have to remind myself that they cut him, they flogged him, and they killed him. That was what Jesus did for us. He gave up his life. For the world. Alan Scott, I'll finish with this, who's a friend of ours. In his book that's just come out, Scattered Servants, he says this It's impossible to reach our cities through better church services. While gathered environments such as Sunday services and small groups can grow the church, only scattered servants can bring life to broken cities. It's time to unlock kingdom identity, kingdom authority, kingdom ministry. It's time to unleash the power of everyone, everywhere, every day so that the church begins to fill every city, every industry, and every family with the beauty and the story of Christ. Amen. Let's stand. Can I just encourage us just to be still? We really don't have to pick up any children yet. Our gathering isn't over. I don't believe the Lord's finished. And um, I just want to invite us to just be still.
invite you to close your eyes, maybe hold out your hands. I wonder what is the one thing that the Lord Jesus might be saying to you today? What is the Lord saying to you about who you are? What he's given to you? And what he's called you to be? I wonder if you would say in your heart, Jesus, Jesus is me, this is me. Faithful follower to the end for the world. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? I want to invite you to say that prayer for yourself. If you want to grow in effectiveness, if you want to grow in what it means to live in the fullness of our identity in Christ with his authority for the sake of the world, if that's you this morning, I want to invite you to simply say a simple prayer. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. And Father, I pray you'd send down your Holy Spirit on your church. We need your fire again. Where we've been bruised and battered, we need your healing. Where the world has drowned out your voice, would you unblock our ears? Help us to see you. Help us to hear you. May we be the warrior church. Holy Spirit, come. Increase your presence. Increase, increase your presence. And I, Father, I want to pray that you'd increase your anointing, not on those that have a sense in which they're evangelists, but on the whole church here this morning. Holy Spirit, would you anoint us for evangelism? Would you anoint us with the good news, the gift of Jesus? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I want to encourage you, don't rush away from what the Holy Spirit's doing. I can already see the Holy Spirit is on a number of people. I want to encourage you to say more, more of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Up on the balconies, Holy Spirit, come. If you are hungry for more of Jesus, invite God's Spirit to come to you. Holy Spirit, come. If you want to see more power and authority, in the way that you live your life for Jesus, invite God's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer for those reasons, I want to invite you to come to the front now. Just come now. Come now. If you prayed that prayer for yourself, just come. Come, church.
just come right to the front. That would be really great. Just come right to the front. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We need your presence. We need your presence, Jesus. We're a wounded army. Church, it's okay to be wounded. It's okay to be hurting. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the wounded healer. The world threw everything at him. And he died for you and I. And by the power of God, he was raised to new life. God, I pray that you would raise this church to new life, that we would be bringers of new life, that we would carry the new life of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Would you put a fire in our hearts that the world cannot quench? Holy Spirit, come. Now, if you've come to the front, I want to keep inviting you to just to be inviting God's Holy Spirit to come to you. I sense there's another wave of God's Spirit coming. So I want to invite you just to keep pressing into God. And church, if you've not come forward and you don't feel that this is your response to the Lord, I want to invite you to come and pray for anyone that's at the front and just to simply pray, Holy Spirit, come. Pray for God's anointing, God's Holy Spirit anointing and you don't need to I want to encourage you in this moment church as you come and pray church please come and pray I, I want to encourage you not to necessarily give any words other than to bless what God is doing Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come if you're new and you're here or if you've been around Trinity for a while um, if you're a, basically if you're a follower of Jesus and you love people can you come and pray is that okay if you've got a hand on the end of your arm, come and pray. Just bless what God is doing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, church. Thank you. Just want to say that if you're new and you're visiting us, we have messy endings here. We haven't finished yet. I'm, I'm going to give out a couple of words of knowledge in a minute, I think, for healing. But if you, if you want to come and pray, can you come and pray? Matt, can you come and pray? Thanks, friend. Others, come and pray. If, so, if you come forward for prayer and no one's come to pray for you yet, could you put your hand up? Is that okay? Just going to have a chap to come and pray here. Some ladies here. Ladies, if we could have some women to come and pray, that would be wonderful, please. Just keep your hand up if no one's come to pray for you yet. Ladies, if you don't come and pray, I'm going to have to break all the rules and ask a man to pray for a woman. I really am. Thank you, ladies. Just put your hand up if you've not. This is really important. People get blessed. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Anyone, if... Matt, 
Can you come and pray for Mark? Some more ladies to come and pray. Just here at the front, that would be great. Now, if you're being prayed for, you might get prayed for more than once. You know, our experience on the Alpha Holy Spirit weekend is kind of like when the Holy Spirit comes, someone might come and pray for you and then they might go on to pray for someone else. But our experience has been that when someone else comes and prays, like the Lord adds, there's a momentum of the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to, 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 to not not move away if you're being ministered to because the Holy Spirit will be ministering to you. Holy Spirit, increase your presence. Increase your presence. Let it come. Let it come. Now, if you've come forward to the front, I want to encourage you, keep asking. Keep asking. You know, Jesus says, ask and it, ask and you will receive seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened how much more does the Father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Luke eleven twelve. how much more does the Father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask so ask if you want more of the Spirit for evangelism if you want more of the Spirit for, for witness for mission let it come let it come Holy Spirit increase your presence Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. We bless what you're doing. Bless what you're doing, Father. Bless what you're doing, Father. Bless what you're doing, Father. Now it's like some of you, you feel like you've been robbed of God's kingdom assignment. You feel like you've been robbed of your purpose. You feel like you've been robbed of your destiny. Don't lose sight of God's kingdom identity for you. Don't lose sight of what he's promised you. For some of you, the Lord's made promises over your life. Don't lose sight of that. The enemy has tried to rob you of the promises of God. And we know all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. So Jesus, would you come? Would you come, Holy Spirit? Anoint your church. Anoint this church. Anoint this church to be all that you've created and called it to be. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, more. Father, more. Father, more. I want to encourage you. Just keep going. Just keep going with the Lord. Keep asking. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Jesus, 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 Jesus. This is God's call on your life. And it's eternal. It's your divine destiny to step into your identity, your true identity in Christ with the authority that he's given you. Holy Spirit, come. We need you, Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, can I just say, if you, if you do need to go and pick children up, it would be good to go and do that. Maybe one parent go if the other's being, receiving prayer. Um, that would be wonderful. But if you don't need to go, I want to encourage you not to go. Don't go. Don't go. The Holy Spirit is here. The Lord is here. Just, just take in all of what God's Spirit wants to give to you. Receive, receive. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Obviously, feel free to give any prophetic words or words of knowledge if the Lord's given you for someone now. In fact, I'd encourage you if you're still praying for someone to ask the Lord for a word of knowledge for them. Something that might confirm their identity in Christ. Just invite God's Spirit to speak to you. Jesus, 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 Jesus.